Welcome to episode 118 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church for Christ Church and all who would care to uh, listen in. Uh, I'm here with my uh, two friends uh, and co-hosts, uh, Reverend Michael Bauer, the very right Reverend Michael Bauer, who serves as associate uh, pastor here at Christ Church. Uh, Michael, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Uh, doing well. Thank Great. you so much. Glad you could be here today. And uh, yeah. uh, also here with Dr. Gabriel Williams. Uh, he is a long-standing member of Christ Church, also a uh, professor of atmospheric physics at the College of Charleston. If you can figure out what that means, give us a call, <laughs> and uh, we'll let you know that we don't know what it means either. Um, uh, but uh, Gabe, good to see you today. Good seeing you. We are in the midst of the Christmas season, and uh, we've we've got uh, trees and lights and presents and uh, all the things that Gabe Williams does not like. Uh, he is officially the Scrooge of Charleston. Uh, so The Grinch, he's coming for your Christmas, too. He, yeah, he's, he's not content to just not celebrate on his own. He, he doesn't want you to celebrate. Yes, yes, he is He is Scrooge. Uh, he is the Grinch, uh, all rolled into one. Uh, so, uh, But we're, we're thankful to be here today. We wanted to discuss just how, you know, this time of year, parents take a lot of time and give mm -hmm. a lot of effort to making this time of year very special for their children. Mm, that's right. Uh, we want our children uh, to be happy. Uh, we, we want them to be excited about uh, and joyfully anticipating Christmas Day. And of course, you know, as we mentioned in our last podcast, we do make a, a very important distinction between uh, what we'll call cultural Christmas mm. and uh, a Christian Christmas, uh, that which we celebrate in the, uh, the, the birth of Christ, our, our Savior. Um, but Parents take a tremendous amount of time uh, and uh, spend a lot of time, energy, and money to make sure that their kids are happy on Christmas. Uh, the question is, uh, how much time uh, and, and energy are parents putting into raising their children mm. in the fear and admonition of the Lord? Uh, how many Christian parents are uh, making it a priority uh, in their homes uh, that their children are growing up learning the gospel, mm -hmm. uh, being familiar with uh, biblical categories and the story of redemption. Uh, we, we want our kids to know all kinds of stories. Uh, yeah. uh, we, we teach them bedtime stories. We even will read to them things like Narnia and, and all of that. But how, how committed are we to teaching our children the ways of the Lord? We, we see our culture going sideways. We see uh, schools and institutions and um, the media, they're all trying to take hold of the minds of our children. Uh, they are all seeking to capture the imaginations of our children. Uh, they are all seeking to catechize our children in the secular worldview. Uh, the question is, what are we doing uh, to to teach our children, to disciple our children. We spend a lot of time on things like Christmas, and yet oftentimes we neglect uh, to be uh, committed to and serious about raising our children in the Lord. In Deut Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Uh, this clearly communicates that 
the the way that our homes are to run is to be an ongoing conversation mm-hmm. of gratitude to our God, of of love to our God, of of truth about God. That it's not something that's reserved for Sunday mornings mm-hmm. when the pastor preaches or when the Sunday school teacher teaches. But is that which is just as normal as talking about other things in our daily lives, and uh, and there's a purpose and a priority to it. And so, uh, I thought we could dedicate this podcast episode to the raising of our children, and looking at it from the standpoint of a lot of people are trying to raise our children. Our That's society right. is trying to raise our children, and how important is it, uh, if ever? It was important. How important is it today that we are being diligent uh, to talk about the Lord and to raise our children in the Lord? I think uh, one way to kind of start this discussion is just to remember the reality that uh, when it comes to our children, our children are our responsibility as parents. And so as much as that we have outside resources that we may use to assist in their education, to assist in uh, the things that they learn, other sort of experiences, we know uh, what the scriptures speak is that this is our primary responsibility as parents. So kind of going back to the kind of the Christmas example uh, that we're doing uh, currently, one way to think about the way that you're raising your children is to think about what you are communicating around these very important holidays that in a sense converge of American society. And it's not, you know, Christmas is a great example because as you mentioned, there is a distinct difference between how a, you can say a nominal or secular person uh, perceives of this holiday versus how a devout Christian family would perceive of the holiday. And one of the aspects that is part of um, raising children is you are deliberately showing them what values are actually important. And it doesn't matter what people say about this discussion. All children learn what is important from their parents, either positively or negatively. Mm -hmm. If you are the sort of person that puts all of your attention and focus upon, say, the NFL calendar, the NBA calendar, college football calendar, it's going to be pretty clear. The reality is that the way that humans are wired is that we tend to build our traditions, we build our routines, and we build our annual calendars around the things we love. And so the example I always say is if you grew up in a home that is football oriented, you have a cadence about every week and every year. You have pilgrimages you go through, essentially. You go to bowl games, you go to Super Bowls, you have Super Bowl parties, you tailgates. All of those things unless, communicate. Unless you're the University of South Carolina, you don't have to go to any bowl games. <laughs> all of those, apparently, all of those, all of those things communicate aspects of what your family views as important. And what the Christian uh, himself or herself needs to come to conclusion about is the way that you orient your year, your month, and your week is going to communicate to your children what is actually valuable and important. So taking the Christmas example, if the way that your children view Christmas is that this is the time of year where I get all of these presents and I get to kind of indulge all of them at one time, that's probably communicated to them because that's how you presented it to them, you know, for better or for worse. If 
you have presented the actual Christmas season as the time in which we commemorate and focus or at least have a dedicated attention upon the birth the conception of Jesus Christ and again that that communicates something very different and this is what it means to raise your children uh, as a Christian it means that you are deliberately communicating what ought to be of the chief importance and what often happens is that when the parents view it as important your traditions get formed around it your year gets formed around it and what you realize is that your normal day-to-day -day lives are actually built around what the scripture says are the most important things. Yeah, so what would be some uh, things that we could encourage our families to do around this time of year uh, uh, that would, would encourage uh, our families and our children uh, about uh, and teach them about the uh, incarnation and birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Well, certainly... Uh you can easily uh, find some, some great resources to make the incarnation of Christ a focus of your family worship um, throughout the, 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 certainly the Advent season. Um, typically here at Christ Church and at other churches, we'll do a specific uh, uh, Christmas Advent themed sermon series. Mm -hmm. And so reflecting upon what was taught in the, the sermon um, and, and from the various passages about the incarnation of Christ will be will be very beneficial to your family and reinforce the truths taught uh, from God's Word and preached from God's Word on Sunday all throughout the week. Um, that would be a great way for for uh, fathers to lead their children in these things and, and to, to remind them of the reason why we uh, take time out of the year to celebrate uh, Christmas. Yes, and there are some wonderful Advent devotionals mm -hmm. uh, that are available. Uh, through trusted publishers uh, like uh, the Banner of Truth or Reformation Heritage Books uh, or uh, PNR, um, Crossway has some good ones. And uh, there's a lot of great resources these days, uh, even things you can pull up online through trusted right. uh, websites. And um, we certainly would love to talk to you more about that if you would like to, uh, to know what some of those things are. Um, also, I think it's important uh, just to mention that when we talk about family worship, a lot of times people scratch their heads. They don't know exactly what that means. And uh, family worship is, is that which uh, was, was so important uh, in the days of uh, the Reformation. It, it was something that was recovered. Uh, and also in our Westminster standards, there's actually a directory for public worship that was mm -hmm. published in the 1640s to instruct uh, fathers or heads of household, if there was no father, uh, in leading the children in uh, regular times of devotion, singing, prayer. And so um, there, it's helpful to describe it uh, as a liturgy for family worship. And uh, for instance, in our family, uh, we gather together after dinner, we go into the living room, we get out the hymnals, uh, we uh, open our family worship uh, with a uh, hymn or a psalm. Now this time of year, we sing Christmas uh, hymns, mm -hmm. and then uh, we read a passage uh, typically out of uh, the Gospels that are uh, in relation to uh, the birth narratives uh, and some uh, way and and then we uh, spend time in prayer uh, for uh, our family, for our church, for our missionaries, mm -hmm. and then we we finish with the Gloria Patri or the doxology and and so that's kind of the way we do it. Other families will add things. In the past, we've we've read through little portions of church history books for children, things like that. 
Um, and uh, so, so family worship's a great way, as Michael mentioned, uh, to reinforce the, the, the wonderful truths of Christmas and um, uh, to make it clear that this time of year is a time that we focus on that. And uh, to kind of add to that, uh, one way I've kind of thought about this is that our children learn in one sense by direct instruction and in another sense by contrast. Right? And so part of the contrast of today is to consider uh, if your child goes to the store, if your child goes anywhere else during Christmas time, it's at this point where they'll look around and observe what is, you know, how, do, how does everyone else celebrate this holiday? And often what is just observations from children is the, a good teaching moment. And so an example would be, if you go to, you know, think about going to the mall right after Thanksgiving, the first thing you see is all the Santa Claus stuff. You see all of the lights and all that sort of stuff. And at this point, you know, a child looks at that sort of stuff and wonders, well, what does all this mean? And this is a part of a teaching sort of instruction. This is what these, this is what society around you does. However, this is what we do because we think this is what's actually valuable in that sense. Another example would be, and I've heard this from other families, is that, again, if you think of Christmas as something where you want to mark and make a very poignant impression and establish a tradition, one tradition that I've heard families do is that they either go to listen to Handel's Messiah or they download it on YouTube or watch it on YouTube or something of that nature to get kind of get them the sense that this is a uniquely special sort of holiday of sorts. So one way to kind of exercise your uh, instruct, instruction as a parent is to make note that since you as a Christian family are swimming against the current hmm. of society, it is kind of therefore, and you must be intentional of why you're swimming against society, and you must be intentional in demonstrating that this is not arbitrary. There's a reason that we do this. Yeah. There's a reason we have built this tradition rather than just kind of allowing the rest of society to shape you. Yes, that's that's very helpful, Gabe. Uh, there is uh, an idea um, out there, and I've heard it um, numerous times over the years. Um, and that's that uh, a, a parent will will think, well, I, I don't want to uh, sort of, as they, they put it, shove Christianity down their throats. I want them to come up with this on their own. I want them to be their own person, you know, that, that kind of a, of a, of a response. But, uh, you know, and we understand why they're, why they're saying that. Maybe they had a bad experience growing up. I, I don't know. But mm -hmm. here's the thing. Um, the Bible commands us right. to raise our children in the Lord. And uh, we read from Deuteronomy 6 earlier, it's mm -hmm. very plain. Uh, also, in Ephesians 6, verse uh, 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So there's a direct command that we raise our children in the Lord, and it actually makes a lot of sense. Because if Jesus is king of our lives and king of our home, um, then we will, of course, teach that to our children. We yes. will teach those, those truths which we say we believe. If we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, if we believe that the Word of God is true, why would we not teach that to our children? Mm. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're commanded to do it, but we must ask ourselves this sort of common sense question. And also, we, ne we need to recognize that 
the heart is not a vacuum. That's right. The human heart is not a vacuum. Something fills the human heart. And so if we don't disciple our children, the world certainly will. And they are wanting to do that. If you haven't read the news lately, um, read it. And recognize that in our schools, through the media, uh, through sports, through everything, society is seeking to secularize uh, the minds of our children and to make them think that that uh, if God exists he's certainly not the Christian God Mm -hmm. and he's a God that we fashion uh, in our own image Mm -hmm. and uh, so that's an important point isn't it Um, Michael thoughts on these things I I think you're absolutely right if we don't uh, teach our children if we don't catechize them then then someone else will Uh, there there are plenty of people out there who want to do that we see it all over the place. And so um, this is a, a command from the Lord and something that Christian parents need to take seriously. It's a, it's a weighty responsibility, but it's one of the ones, it's, 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 it's one of the responsibilities that the Lord lays uh, upon parents. Uh, and it's something that we all need to take seriously. Um, and, and we need to, to nurture and, and, uh, and care for the, our children's souls. Um, Do we value what is true? Yeah, exactly. If we do, as you mentioned earlier, Gabe, we will teach it to our that's children. Exactly right. Um, I mean, that, that's an important principle in parenting. And if we don't teach our children, uh, yet, but we we don't teach them throughout throughout the week, but we still bring them to church on Sundays. Well, we're, we're communicating that uh, the things that we hear on Sunday are, are sort of an outlier, or not as important, not as central to the life of our family. Um, and and so we 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 have to be talking about these things throughout the week and uh, i'll just repeat this point um you may not be a person who wants to force christianity upon your children but do not be naive Mm. there are many that are forcing secular ideologies upon your children and i use the word force deliberately because if you consider what is going on in education around this country it is not even there's not no there's no more even an attempt to pretend to be neutral at this point that is long gone we are not in the sort of state of society where we have multiple different views that are trying to coexist harmoniously that's not what's happening and it hasn't happened at least since i've been in education so at least since i've been in education the reality is that we have a thoroughly hostile view being put upon our children and at this point this is when the christian has to consider what it is that is ultimately most important in terms of your own life do you want to be the sort of parent in which you provided your kids a very affluent comfortable life but their minds are disturbed warped and confused is that what you want to hand down to your children? Do you want your lasting legacy to your children to be, I gave them land and houses, but their mind is so far away from God? Mm-hmm. And this is something that uh, we talk about pretty often in our home, uh, just in terms of me and Alicia as a parents, that one of the great sins of society is not necessarily the overt hatred of God. It is that God is not even in the thought, not even in people's thoughts. And people think that's a neutrally good idea, that it's okay to have children who don't even ponder the actual existence of God. Mm. The reality is that is a 
terrifying situation to be in. Imagine being 16, 17, 18 years old and you have all of the pressures of the world around you and God in your mind is a distant entity far off removed from your existence. That is the actual that's the mold that the average teenager is put into currently. That they have more pressures than I grew up with. They have more difficulties than I grew up with, just speaking frankly. But the main difference is that whereas I was taught that God himself is active and present with his people in creation, many have no idea that's, that's not even in their sphere of orbit. So imagine today, taking your child raised in the church and putting them in an environment that is trying to intensely put God as far away from your thoughts as possible. Mm -hmm. That is what is, that is the outcome of the current mold of education. And ultimately the Christian parent has to consider themselves, you know, what's more important, the actual soul of their children or the comfort of their children, the affluence of their children. And that really gets back to uh, our initial uh, comments that we spend so much time mm -hmm. getting ready for Christmas and making Christmas special for our children and uh, making sure that the, the tree is up and the presents are, are under the tree and uh, that the uh, goodies are made and, um, and that experiences are had. And uh, all, these, all of these things are fine, but the, the point is we spend so much time doing that, we must ask ourselves, how much time and energy are we spending on what really counts for eternity? Mm -hmm. Because as R.C. Sproul uh, says, right now counts forever. That's right. And the way we raise our children right now counts forever. And so let us be mindful of that. And let us be mindful of the wonderful verses from Luke chapter 2, that while they, that is Joseph and Mary, were there in the stable, the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and uh, he was born uh, to die uh, on Calvary. Uh, and so let us reinforce this uh, to our children. We have a, a Christmas ornament that is a long metal spike and uh, it's meant to be placed against the trunk of the tree and before placing it up there our family has a discussion about that that Christmas is ultimately about uh, the cross because mm -hmm. that's why Jesus came uh, to satisfy God's justice for us uh, to uh, turn away God's wrath away from us onto himself uh, and to atone for our sins that we might have the forgiveness of sins and an imputed righteousness and the gift of everlasting life uh, so may that be uh, the center of our Christmas this year. And uh, we do want to uh, once again invite you to our uh, Christmas Eve service at Christ Church Presbyterian. It's at seven o'clock. It's a lessons and carol service with several readings and the singing of many uh, Christmas hymns. And it's a wonderful time of, of fellowship as we uh, reflect upon uh, the birth of our Savior. So please join us at 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Uh, and join us next time on Between the Times.